Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful, wonderful Monday. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m., which means that you, the listener, can call in and participate in this show. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comments online, too. And today, well, we're going to start talking about rights generally. Where do rights come from? And do your rights need to be listed in the Constitution for you to have them? Does the government give us rights or do things like the Bill of Rights merely restrict the government from violating those rights that we already have? I'm end up tying this into both the Second Amendment case that came out recently, one related to New York State. We talked about that on the Thursday show a bit. That was online only, but also the Dobbs decision too and why regardless of what you think of the outcome of this decision, why it does put other rights of ours in danger. The reasoning used behind it ends up being flawed and dangerous. Now, again, if you had, I know, I know, almost everyone here has heard about the the Second Amendment decision too, and 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 I think it's a great thing. Again, it, it, it's great that the state of New York now can no longer use arbitrary criteria to deny someone a permission to carry outside of the home right right now in new york state it's you have to come up with a justification to exercise this right and those decisions can be a bit subjective essentially new york's going to have to come up with a an objective set of criteria in order to determine who can or can't carry outside the home they didn't take out the whole licensing regime in total they just made it so that New York State has to set up an objective set of criteria. And they're probably going to violate the Constitution again when setting that up, too. And, you know, we we could make arguments that the entire licensing apparatus and permission apparatus of the Second Amendment uh, violates our fundamental liberty to self-defense. And longtime listeners of the show will know that I've made this argument before about what does the Second Amendment do? The Second Amendment does not give us the right to bear arms. It doesn't. We already have that right. It is natural. It is our inherent humanness that gives us the right to be able to defend ourselves in, in, uh, in a way that's appropriate for the time that we live in. And in this case, being able to carry a handgun or purchase a rifle is part of that. The Second Amendment limits the government from uh, restricting that right doesn't give us the right to keep and bear arms it is restricting the government from violating that right and also restricts the the states from doing that too and that's that's part of what ended up happening with the the 14th amendment 
later on, you got, got kind of incorporation theory. Says not only can the federal government not do this, but also the state can't uh, violate the rights of individuals within their jurisdictions either. They're restricted from they, they, the same restrictions that are imposed on the federal government are also then imposed on the states because prior to that, they could impose restrictions on speech, religion, the Second Amendment, or the, the right to self-defense, etc. Kind of after that, the, the, the law changed it because they, they wanted to make sure that the 13th Amendment was enforceable in part, right? So you got all this stuff happening with, with Second Amendment rights. But again, we always had that right. It was the state that took it away from us. Licensing is the state taking away that and selling it back to you if you meet a set of criteria. That's how I, that's how I think rights work. Now, the Bill of Rights, because of its limited nature too, it was something that kind of freaked out the initial – Federalists, the people who are founding this country, they're, they're Federalists and Anti-Federalists. They're folks who are worried that without restrictions on the state, it would grow out of control. So they need this Bill of Rights to document what would be uh, limitations on, on some core liberties. And a lot of the Federalists are like, no, 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 we can't do that because if we start listing out the rights that are protected, the rights that are there, then we're going to miss stuff. Inevitably, we're, we're going to start uh, the government starting to say, well, this isn't listed as an actual right. Therefore, you don't have a right to this thing. The right to property isn't necessarily in the Constitution. The right to bodily autonomy isn't necessarily in the Constitution. Uh, there, there are all sorts of things that you not, that not only didn't get listed but couldn't possibly li- be listed. There's too many things. Your rights are often endless as long as you're not hurting people or taking their stuff. So in order to make sure that the government couldn't go and say, well, this isn't listed, so you don't have a right to this thing, they added in the Ninth Amendment. That was part of that Bill of Rights compromise. The Ninth Amendment says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights – shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So again, what that means is just because it ain't listed in the Constitution does not mean you don't have that right. That there are other rights, there are other rights that exist through common law or your the derivation of rights through uh, just natural ordered liberty or God-given rights, however you want to view it. Those rights aren't limited by what is specifically protected and outlined in limiting the federal government in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. So now we come to the Dobbs decision, right? This is the, this is the abortion uh, decision, right? The, the one that overturns Roe v. Wade. Part of what concerns me is that the reasoning for this rejects the Ninth Amendment because the reasoning for this says... The original road decision and some of the other decisions around it rely on the derivation of rights from that aren't specifically enumerated in the Constitution. They're implied perhaps by other rights outlined in the Constitution, but they aren't specifically listed. Things like privacy. Do we have a right to privacy? Well, there's certainly 
implications of that, right, from free association to the Fourth Amendment protection of person and papers uh, and, and others listed in the Constitution and common law that suggest we have a right to privacy, but it's not specifically listed in there. This was the basis of things like the, the contraception case, the, the Griswold case, right? Do you have a right to make private decisions about your health and reproductive status by being able to purchase uh, birth control? Or is the state able to limit those decisions uh, inside the setting of a private home or inside the setting of you know, a marriage? Can the state prohibit you from acquiring those things like birth control? Or is that a private decision? What is that based off of? Bodily autonomy, privacy. These things aren't specifically listed. So what, what do we have to, to rest those rights on other than common law and natural rights? The Roe decision is somewhat similar. It uses some perhaps flawed and perhaps goofy logic to say that the right to an abortion is based on the right to privacy. It's a private medical decision. And this overturns that. This says, no, no, we can't, we can't uh, respect the rights that are derived in such a way because they're not specifically listed in the Constitution. And in the majority opinion, they say, well, we're just applying it narrowly to this case. Just, just to abortion, specifically the Roe and the Casey decisions were wrong uh, because they came to the conclusion of a right to an abortion in this flawed way. But that isn't to overturn things like the, the right to be able to purchase contraception or you know, the prohibition on a state interfering with your right to buy contraception or the right to marry who you want, whether it's interracial marriage. Again, not the right to do that and the prohibition on states interfering with that right to do that or the uh, Oberfeld decision, which allowed gay marriage. Some of these other things, the, the, they, they arrived at in a similar way. And Thomas's dissent says, well, okay, if we're going to look at uh, rights from the lens of what is enumerated in the Constitution, because these rights aren't enumerated, then we have to look at the other stuff too. The majority opinion, the, the main opinion says, no, we don't have to do that. It's, it's just narrowly decided here. And that's where I get concerned about this decision, is that I would rather come to a position from what the Ninth Amendment says. The, the original constitutional position is that we have very broad rights in the state without having a good legitimate reason to protect the rights of others cannot interfere with our right to act. But that's what we arrive at here. So which is it? We'd love to hear from you guys on this one. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Where do our rights come from? What do you think of the Ninth Amendment? Is this a good or bad decision from a, a conservative, libertarian perspective? And I know mo most pro-life pro folks, that's what they're going to come at. But the reasoning behind this matters. It matters for not just the abortion issue, but for everything else. Again, 585-346-3000, or leave your comments online. We'll get to some of the other ones when we get back. Talk to you soon.
The WISL store is now open. With nicer weather, your car needs an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, the Constitution, and free and safe schools. Here are just a few available. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Holcomb. Save America. Support the Second Amendment. Scam alert January 6th. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. And there are gas pump stickers reading, Democrats did this. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover. Check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worstmore shirts, hoodies and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us on this wonderful Monday. We are talking rights today, where they come from, and how does the recent Dobbs decision impact how the courts, how the law determines what our rights actually are. Didn't Happy to have this discussion, folks. We got a bunch of comments online, but first we're going to get to a caller, Keith from Rochester. Keith, what's going on? Uh, I'll comment politely on both rulings. I want to say to the audience, I'll try and make myself as clear as possible. Uh, I'll give you, Mr. Wilson, credit. Uh, you're coming at the Second Amendment from a bit differently than many people in the media do, saying, uh, if you were, that the Second Amendment, as written, is more of a way of a warning government not to uh, come in, uh, against the people who uh, declare that uh, they are the leaders and not the government itself. So uh, you said that this is a way for people to say to the government, you will not impede against us in any way. And if that means we have to and get to arm ourselves, uh, that is what the Second Amendment is you're saying more it's uh, not so much that we get to carry 
in an unabashed manner. It's more to, uh, again, warn the government that we, the people, are the final rulers and have the final say. Uh, But as you say that, uh, I'm going to use the E word of erosion. I'm always concerned that uh, the left uh, wants to erode our rights at any turn, and this is why... um, Without boasting, purists like me and many others, we demand the full flavor, in this case, of the Second Amendment, just so that we can keep our right to bear arms. Uh, Someone's going to say, well, we don't have muskets anymore. We have uh, full automatic weapons. And for some of us, that really doesn't matter because uh, the left out there and others uh, would, if they could, completely take away gun ownership in America, period, hands down. I don't think anyone can dispute that. So, uh, A lot of folks would. Well, I would say, Senator, if you go far enough left, they, they actually like guns again, which is interesting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think your point's well taken on that, though, because, yeah, there, there, there are folks. Now, again, I don't think it's limited to the left either because the, uh, the more – Conservative is not exactly right, but 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 the justices who wrote the majority ruling in the in the the, the New York uh, concealed carry case, they they uh, they agreed with the state's uh, power to be able to regulate self defense through licensing. So like they they, up, they upheld that part of of the law, uh, and just said that you couldn't be arbitrary in determining what those requirements. Uh, I also on this want to ask your opinion because I believe uh, the age difference matters uh, today with how young people look at guns. Uh, I'm 66 and a half. You, Mr. Wilson, are younger, of course. Uh, Do you know that high schools used to have gun clubs? Uh, They they weren't even concerned about the the young people walking around with guns. Uh, But for people listening, certainly the younger people, in high schools they used to have actual guns. gun clubs. Can you imagine that in modern-day America today, certainly in these blue states? And I want to ask your opinion. Some years back, uh, in the state of Georgia, there were three counties that mandated if you were a law-abiding person, period, you had to carry a gun. I wonder if people remember that. Uh, Georgia uh, has gone more purple, but uh, Uh, they they, they actually mandated if you are a law-abiding, you must, no if, ands, or buts, you must carry a gun and I'm wondering what you, Mr. Wilson, of a younger age, would think of that. And then I want to comment on the abortion. Sure, sure. So, well, again, the the gun clubs, I, I know it's a thing that exists somewhere, but you're right. Like kind of the, the, the culture around being comfortable using guns in a safe way has eroded uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, as for like the state requiring you to own a gun, I don't think that's right either. Like, it, you know, it, it might be a responsibility that citizens – can and ought to exercise, but I don't think that the state should mandate that you should have a gun. Because there's some people who correctly say, I would not be able to use this in a safe manner, either because of their own mental health or because of, you know, they, they just don't feel like they have the proper training to intervene using a firearm in, in a situation and they're not going to get that training. So for that reason, you, the, the, the individual, should have that choice whether to carry or not. And if you want to make that choice, that's fine. That, that's, that's a responsible decision, too. All right. On the abortion, uh, for the people who are against the 6-3 to three ruling from Friday, they're, they're saying to the conservative justices, uh, why are you, as conservatives, telling individuals, uh, women, of course, what to do with their own bodies? Where does the government 
get off telling women what to do when conservatives are supposed to be for exact individual rights. As I understand the ruling and read it, it was simply as the Constitution interprets it, uh, abortion, and this is where I want my fellow conservatives to listen, because I think this is going to be the rea reality. And uh, uh, for Mr. Wilson, I know I'm going longer, so this will be my final comment. Uh, well, yeah, that's I, fine. I think uh, conservatives have to acknowledge that even though the ruling was correct, um, poor people, poor women, are going to be forced to go more at a distance if they do want to have the abortion. Now, of course, our side would like to counsel we being pro-life that you have the baby, but reality is, for all of us conservatives, that, that is not going to be the case. And I think a uh, without um, uh, preaching here to my fellow conservatives, I think a tone of real reality is going to have to enter that there are going to be poor women who are going to be really put um, at a disadvantage, whereas wealthy women uh, can always get an abortion. The poor will have to travel further and reach deeper into their own pockets. And um, so uh, the, the ruling, the six to three, admittedly by the conservative justices only, was the correct one. I'm just saying to everyone, there's always a, re a tone of true reality that creeps in. And I, I think we have to acknowledge, uh, as the protests are saying, uh, you, the justices, uh, mainly male and conservative, are telling us women what to do, and that is where the backlash on that is coming from. Yeah, and and no, that's an interesting point, Keith. And I think I, you know, I was going to go into this a little bit later in the show, but uh, you know, I think this is going to be a moment where if conservatives aren't empathetic to that situation and aren't, particularly the Christians who are pro-life, aren't in a position where they are now reaching out and ministering to, to women who are want to seek abortions and, and aren't setting them up for success if they, they carry a child to term, you're going to have a significant backlash, particularly if the laws end up going much further than most of the American public is comfortable with because something like two-thirds of people, 64% of people think that abortion should be legal in most cases. And an additional 27% of people say that there's still a few cases where they would make exceptions. So if you end up with blanket bans on abortion, it's not that something being politically unpopular is a reason not to do it, but there is going to be a significant political backlash from this from – People who are legitimately hurt by this situation too, right? As you said, like the, the poor women who aren't able to go and get that abortion or have to spend a, a significant portion of their wealth to do that, that's still going to happen. It's just going to make those things more difficult. Plus the enforcement mechanisms I think are going to – they're going to get a bit messy with this. And, and Republicans are going to have to be prepared for that backlash because outlawing all abortion as they're doing in some states is not – popular at all it, it's it doesn't pull well even in deep red states well so. my very final comment uh, i think uh the pro-abortionist brought this on and i'm going to bring up the example of then governor cuomo and the democrats super majority democrats actually cheering abortion that go way late in term basically i'm going to say it murdering a true infant uh, when Cuomo was pictured there uh, laughing in Albany when he signed that into law, uh, what people, including those who are for abortion, who really wants to raise their hand and say, I'm okay with infanticide, that when a baby is fully formed and developed, 
go ahead and, for me to say it, kill it. And I think this is the, the six to three really reflected that overreach on the part of the pro-abortionists. Yeah, and that's something that Democrats are going to have to contend with too. Right? Just just from a, like a political point of view, there is a, a point in which most people, myself included, say oh, that is that is a a child, that is a child who has rights, and that that's kind of what the Casey ruling actually did too. It said, okay, abortion's legal after the point of viability, so after the point in which that fetus can survive outside of the body, it gains rights, including the right to life, right? And again, this, this kind of overturns that. This, this no longer sets those limits, which are in, in some ways arbitrary and harder to define, et cetera. But uh, Democrats are going to have to contend with the extremist language. And, and in order to move forward, we're going to need to forge compromises on this. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution. Appreciate the call, Keith. Again, if anyone else wants to call in, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're going to be back in just a few minutes here on A Free Solution. Solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. If you want to participate in the show like we had with Keith in the last segment, uh, of course, you can leave your comments online, too, on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution group, or the Kevin Wilson page or Twitter account. Anywhere that we're streaming, all those places. Uh, we'll, we'll get some of these comments now because I know a few of you had left those back the first segment. Uh, Danny just says, uh, hi on Facebook. Hi, Danny. Thanks for joining the show today. Um, and we got a few uh, comments from uh, uh, Brian here who says, now, this is the first I know of that a uh, previously legally recognized right of an individual has been taken away and handed to the state. Uh, now, I, I don't know that that's uh, totally true. Uh, it, it's that... Uh, particularly in the progressive era, there is a lot up through the New Deal. There's a lot of times in which rights to property, rights to bodily autonomy, and, and several other things were, were taken away. Again, confirmed by the Supreme Court, act upon by the states. Uh, so we're we're not always progressing in the right direction in terms of what rights are recognized, right? Like there's like the, the Lochner case, for instance, that recognized the right to contract. A lot of progressives didn't like that and tried to undo that. And in fact, in many ways, like helped succeed in the New Deal era on, on undermining that. But that's another one of those rights that it isn't enumerated. There's no constitutionally specific right to contract. It's derived from the, the Ninth Amendment and, and from other rights that exist, like freedom of association. And that, that's when you get into like the sort of decisions that you have here with overturning Roe. It's like, well, what's, what rights actually exist based on historical practice and based on rights that can be derived from uh, things that are specifically listed as restrictions on the government of rights in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Um, and, and also, uh, Brian says, you know, uh, 
is this an example of tyranny? Uh, SCOTUS using stare decisis one day, which is uh, stare decisis, if you don't know, is like a, I, I'm, I'm not going to explain it like a lawyer, but but essentially looking at previous cases and uh, using those to inform uh, decisions on an existing case, right? So the, the goal is to have consistency in the application of law. Um, Again, the Supreme Court has overturned cases before and sometimes for good reason, right? Like Brown versus Board of Education was one of them. Uh, you know, we, we overturned uh, things like the, the Dred Scott decision. We've overturned things like um, Plessy versus Ferguson, that separate uh, but equal. Uh, and in, in other cases, too, again, and in, including like the Second Amendment cases that we're seeing now, that, that is in some ways like overturning decisions that uh, have been made previously because there was a misapplication in theory of uh, the restrictions on state law from the the perspective of, of the Supreme Court. And to that end, I, I do want to get to this comment too. It's from a, a Facebook user that says, uh, has nothing to do with justices. They sent it back to the states, right? And so what this user is getting at is in the Dobbs decision, uh, Alito says, well, this is returning to its rightful place. It's going back to the states or to the people. The Supreme Court had uh, usurped uh, the authority of the rightful deciders of, of what abortion law should be by bringing it to the federal government and deriving, in his mind, an illegitimate right to an abortion through privacy. Uh, and therefore, Roe and Casey are overturned. Uh Here's the, here's the thing I don't like about that because I, I see a bit of hypocrisy when we talk about – when everyone talks about the Second Amendment case, right? Again, the, the New York pistol the, – the, the progressives on Thursday last week were like, oh my goodness, how dare the Supreme Court interfere with democracy? We, the democratic states, the people, the majority decided that we needed these gun control uh, measures in order to make sure that people couldn't just – Carry a gun around willy-nilly. This is democratic. And now Friday, everyone flipped. Flipped positions. Suddenly, uh, you know, and, and conservatives are like, no, well, the states don't have the right to interfere with what is a fundamental right. Again, everyone flipped on Friday. And on Friday, the, uh, the progressives are like, the states have no right to interfere with what is this personal fundamental right to bodily autonomy and privacy as outlined by Roe and Casey. The, the abortion cases, whereas the conservatives and the libertarians are like, well, this goes back to the states. This is something that always should have been decided by the states. The states get to determine when abortion happens. Y'all, y'all see what's happening here? You're getting it. Like everyone, everyone just changed sides. It looks seamlessly. It's amazing. Except for this, uh, the, the libertarians are like, no, consistently, like, you do have some fundamental rights. And, and really the dividing line within the libertarian movement is – whether or not and at what point a fetus becomes a human that has a right to life. That, that's the big dividing point. But again, like the states, like states don't have rights. I, 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 I kind of the, – the, the longer I become a libertarian, the, the more I can't stand like the states' rights argument. States have powers. The Tenth Amendment doesn't give the states any right. The Tenth Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States, the federal government, by the Constitution, nor prohibited – by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. States have powers to uh, to enforce laws within their domain. They don't have rights. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, that that that's where that's, that's where everyone ended up 
on 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 this thing again. It, it flips signs on the states' right thing, but but to me, I, I think it is important to try to recognize in unenumerated rights in the Constitution. The sticky point for me is where does the right to life actually begin? Which this case does not actually decide. For some folks, like oh yeah, there, there, there's a right to life here. No, that's not what this case actually decided. All it did was say you can't derive a right to abortion through privacy from unspecified rights. And any other ruling, the Tom, Thomas's uh, concurrence, minority uh, concurrence, said that not only does it apply here, it applies to other cases as well, which is uh, interesting. So, so when people are saying like this could overturn gay marriage, too, like they're not totally wrong. The the, the majority opinion was no, it doesn't do that. But Thomas is like nah, that's kind of built on the on the same thing, and. Uh, no, some folks are in here saying, you know, when does when does life begin? Nicholas on Facebook says, you know, there are a few Jewish sects that believe that the soul does not enter the body until the first breath is taken. Uh, yeah, and again, that's it's it's something that each individual has to sort of figure out. And again, trying to get the state involved on when exactly that happens is messy. And the state still hasn't decided that. Again, and some folks would say if you're going to take the, the secular view on the pro-choice side, you're going to say, well, the, the 14th Amendment says anyone born or naturalized and they ain't born yet. OK, but, but other folks say, well, again, if, especially if you have viability outside the womb, that, that is a fetus that has rights. So and I'm not going to get I'm not going to give you a, a clear answer on that one. Right. Um, and. Now, other folks are saying, you know, OK. Precedence doesn't make it right. And when we're talking about the stare decisive thing, no, it doesn't. Just because the courts decided one way in the past doesn't mean that uh, they should or ought to decide the same way in the future. I said, if you if you look at the Constitution, you can. There, there's a lot of bad law. There's just a lot of bad cases out there. There's a bunch of cases. You know, I thought we, me and Tim dived into this on dove into this on a Thursday, and. You know, there's a lot of cases that we don't particularly like, and we we hope that in future decisions, based on, you know, the the uh, right to privacy from the Fourth Amendment, uh, so whether or not, or, and whether or not you can sue federal agents for violating your rights to uh, uh, be secure in your persons and papers, to uh, to to be free from abuse, whether or not you can sue the federal government for that, the the Miranda rights decision, whether or not you can sue for someone not informing you of your right to remain silent and your right to have a lawyer, all that stuff. Like, I, I hope they revisit it. I think they came to the wrong decision on some of those things and on, on many others. But, uh, but yeah, the, I mean, this, this is, again, this is going to be interesting both from a what rights do we have perspective and from a political perspective too because it, it's going to have a bunch of ripple effects on what rights – do individuals have to their again their, their Fourth Amendment rights to their speech rights uh, to to other forms of medical privacy? Given this decision, right? Again, if you are not interested in sharing your personal medical details with the state, and I think there are a lot of conservatives, many of whom were were, were outspoken during the COVID pandemic, who may not want to share their medical details with the state either. Does if you no longer have or that that right to medical privacy was eroded because it's not an enumerated right in the Constitution. This was a thing that Roe was upholding. What does that mean for your ability to say, I don't want to share 
with the state my vaccination status? I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not a lawyer on this, you know, but so I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen on that. And I think even legal professionals don't know. They don't know what's going to happen and what uh, future courts will decide on these things. And again, we're, just, we're, we're going to figure it out. We're just going to have to observe stuff. But again, we'd love to hear from other folks too. Again, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you want to participate. Uh, shout out to uh, Shelly on YouTube. Good afternoon. Thank you for listening today. Again, keep leaving those comments. Love it. Go all places online or call 585-346-3000. We'll be back here on a free solution in just a few minutes. WISL store is now open with nicer weather. Your car needs an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, the Constitution, and free and safe schools. Here are just a few available. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Hokum. Save America. Support the Second Amendment. Scam alert January 6th. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. And there are gas pump stickers reading Democrats did this. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers Guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover. Check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worstmore shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And uh, we'll get to, to one more comment from Brian. It says, I made no comment upon the wretchedness of stare decisis, but only the tyranny in the selective use of it. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Again, it, what, what's what's 
wild about these cases is just <laughs> through you know lawyer magic they can say like this is why we're gonna respect stare decisis here but here's why you know we may need to go back to like the the supreme law of the land we may need to go back to the constitution or, or whatever to say like that wasn't correctly decided previously so it just kind of depends on if you can logic your way through it right um that's and if you can get enough people on that court to agree with you. And I did want to get to, to one more uh, comment, too, about whether or not we should uh, have a federal judiciary that's voted upon, you know, whether or not we uh, – after confirmation. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I, I do like that. Like I kind of like the idea of – a body that is somewhat separate from the rabble of democracy that that does say okay no it doesn't matter what 65% of new yorkers say you still have a right to bear arms right like like part of me like sort of likes that but it can swing the other way um but when you have you know the system of the constitution of common law of this thing that that defines and uh both our rights and the restrictions of government on eliminating our rights, subjecting that to democratic processes can be dangerous as well. What what I what I would actually be more interested in is some sort of like churn on the Supreme Court. Uh, it, it does strike me as as a bit strange that the Supreme Court, uh, you know, has appointments for life. It would be better. I'm trying to remember what the what the year. Uh, the system would be, but it's like if we had a system where every like three years, uh, presidents were able to nominate in the Senate, were allowed to approve or disapprove of Supreme Court nominees, that that would make things a little bit more consistent and even, and eventually justices would be rotated out. I think it's like I might be getting years wrong, but it's like after like six terms or something, essentially after six cycle or however many cycles it is that you, you'd put up a couple at a time. And so I, I'd rather, I'd rather do something like that than, than subject them to direct election uh, forces. But again, you, things can swing either way and who knows what the, the progressives are going to do. They're, they're freaking out so much that they, uh, that they're talking about like packing the court now. And that's, that's going to be a bad idea. That's, that's going to lead to just, just a series of escalations uh, that will create a legitimate constitutional crisis. I don't know. That's that. That's going to be bad too. Um, but kind of wrapping up some of my points in this again. What what happens here? What happens next? Um, you know, there are other parts of the decision too. Like they they talked about. Like, you know, is there the the implications of the right to privacy? The implications of the right to bodily autonomy could lead to other things like. A right to be able to use illegal drugs, and, and to me again, I'm, I'm a libertarian. Like I, I don't think that personal use should be illegal. It shouldn't be punishable by the state. You own your body. You should be able to do what you want, as long as you're not hurting people or taking their stuff. And that includes things like drunk driving. Again, if you consume a substance and then do something reckless, okay, that's a bit different. You're messing with someone else's right now, but you do have a right to own your body. You do have a a right to privacy. And just because the Constitution doesn't specifically list those rights does not mean that we don't have them. Going back to what I said at the beginning of this, uh, this episode, it's the Constitution 
does not give us rights. The Second Amendment doesn't give us the right to bear arms. We already have that. It is already there. It is inherent. It is fundamental. The Second Amendment restricts the state, restricts the federal government from acting to interfere with that right. And the state is then obligated by state, I mean like the government apparatus overall at every level is obligated to protect that fundamental right from threats to it. Again, that's why the federal government, of course, can intervene on cases where there's a a freedom of speech issue, on Second Amendment issues, on right to privacy issues, on due process issues. It's all these things. And so that's, that's my concern about this case specifically, is that if the court is heading in the direction where anything not listed in the Constitution is fair game, that becomes a massive, massive expansion of state power. Think of all the things not specifically listed in the Constitution that could be under threat. And what does it mean then to have to protect that, right? Does that mean that states have to make individual laws in order to say you have a right to this thing? Once we let that cat out of the bag again, it comes down to we then have to get a consensus among at least one party to go and pass laws to enumerate our rights. A, will they ever do that? And B, would they actually list them all even if they did do that successfully? Even if they could get together and actually get legislation passed and say, yes, you have the right to this, 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 and this. Would they list them all successfully? What rights are they forgetting? What rights might they consciously leave out? You know, people always bring up the uh, how some progressives were uncomfortable with the Roe decision, including people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was, who was uncomfortable with it. And, and part of that reason why is because they thought the regime of implied rights, of unenumerated rights, of rights that had to be discovered, you know, either through, uh, you know, this penumbra's process or through substantive due process, whatever it is, right? And I'm kind of glossing over a whole bunch of legal stuff, but that that would imply things that they don't like, again, like the right to property, the right to be able to operate in an underregulated, in their minds, or, or loosely regulated free market, that there's all these rights unlisted in the Constitution that people might imply, like, by tradition, because that's the way we've done things. In the same way that, you know, the, the original right to abortion was in part built on the tradition of abortion being legal in common law up to the point of quickening. That's essentially feeling the baby, right? Okay, so that existed, and you have a right to privacy, and, and this is something that existed in the past, therefore you have this right. You can make the same argument about contracts and property and other things. Progressives didn't like that. They, they didn't want to limit the power of the state to interfere in those processes. So to me, even if, again, I don't fully understand all the legalness of, of, of the Roe decision of this, and all, but just as, as a, a person who is concerned with the rights that we have, concerned with what powers and abilities the states have to limit and control our, our lives – this decision, regardless of how you feel about abortion, ends up putting far more of our rights and our lives in danger. Again, 
I'm not, I'm not making a comment on abortion. You get I think that the big dividing line is again, do you think that that fetus is a life or not? That's, that's going to be your, your decision on whether or not you think that's right. But what's going to happen when these other things aren't protected? And then what do we do about it? Again, how, with, with a court that we can't just impeach, what happens? What does that mean for us? I think what's going to end up happening is there's probably going to be other cases, again, on, on abortion, on other things. They're going to have to come up to the court, and, and we'll see if abortion ends up getting reestablished as, as like a bodily autonomy right built off of the 14th Amendment or something. It follows that line of thinking. We'll see. But what happens to all those other rights, too? How are we going to continue fighting for them? Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. I'll be back on Wednesday. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, folks. Talk to you then.